Filmmaking covers a variety of genres, and during the 1990s, one in particular saw a resurgence, the big-budget disaster flick. It's coming! It's headed right for us! It's already here! For two science-obsessed kids growing up on opposite sides of Pennsylvania, nothing left a bigger impression than Twister. The suck zone. I think we're going in! Join Kelly and Joe as they dissect the second highest grossing film of 1996. We have to breathe, Minute by minute. Another cow. Actually, I think that was the same one. And relive one of their favorite movies of all time. No, that, that was a good size twister. What was that, an F3? Solid F2. Tornado warning continues now. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Solid F2 Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting here with me is the degree diva of meteorology, the master of atmospheric science, my wonderful wife, Kelly. I mean, that was better. That was better? I felt like the effort was there. (laughs) Sorry. I was trying to go out with a bang since this is our last scheduled regular episode. Yeah, I sensed I sensed that. What do you mean last scheduled regular episode? Well, I, had like, talked I thought about, it was free after this. Well, I I, I said regularly scheduled. Like no, we're do done with the minutes. This is the final minute plus of the film that I we're know. discussing here. I know. But I said you're more than welcome to join me if I get to interview the hosts of the Yes Have Some podcast who are huge Twister fans. Mm-hmm. There's always the potential for there to be an announcement of a sequel or a reboot of the movie. I figured we might want to talk about that. You know, the the show itself, at its core, is finished. We've covered every minute of the movie after tonight. But I'm not saying there won't be sporadic or irregular updates after the fact. Whether you want to join me or not, that's up to you. You're obviously invited. Um, is it obvious? Well, I would think so. You've been here with every episode so far. If you really wanted me here, you would bring snacks. Can't You can't eat while you're podcasting. I disagree. You can. You sh- you whether shouldn't. you should is not. You shouldn't eat while podcasting. So I bet I could find a silent snack. I don't know that that exists. I bet I could find Are you going to puree something? I think you'd still have to slurp it. No, don't, I don't like You know what? I don't like that word. We're going to add it to the list. Right next to moist? Yeah. Well, I, moist is funny because Amy doesn't like it. And Amy's listening to this, as mm-hmm. we know. Did you hear the girl say to her this week that, that she I made like a, that a, that's become a thing. A good moist birthday cake that I, she made. I like that they turn and look at her slyly, <laughs> or they even Haley will give her the double eyebrow, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I did just, that. I did that. <laughs> just for you. Um, but Amy's not the only listener. Um, my, my my best friend Brent has listened from time to time, though I do think he's behind. Uh, and we have a, had a variety of people reach out to us over the last two plus years to uh, comment on something we said. Sometimes we'll pose questions to the listeners and they'll get back to us and we cover that on, on the show. So we, have- we appreciate everyone that has reached out on, on Twitter, or Instagram, on Facebook, or via email. We have social media, I'm told. Yes. I knew you would want nothing to do with controlling those accounts, so it was pointless to even say, hey, this is here. I barely maintain my personal well, account. Exactly. That's alone. what I'm saying. And I really 
only have Facebook. Look, I very and rarely update the Solid F2 stuff. I try to remember. I, I mentioned last time that I did put a shout out to Helen Hunt for her birthday. And I try to repost any Twister-related news stories that are out there. And obviously a year ago, there was the 25th anniversary stuff. And then earlier this year, about a month ago, there was that cool Twister-like actual tornado that looked like a scene out of Twister. And so what I'm hearing you say is that it's not the the podcast that you have with me is not important enough to you to maintain regular updates on social media. Well, honestly, it's tough to find new information about the about the movie. Hmm. There's a few accounts that I found because of the podcast that are very interesting. We have received packages from from Zoe uh who does a great cosplay and is very active with her Twister collecting and memorabilia and and uh, costume and cosplay. You know that's awesome. I love finding that finding that account. And then other uh, meteorologists or storm chasers who have followed the social accounts. I've then have uh, tried to follow them back, and a lot of them post a lot of interesting stuff relating to tornadoes and severe weather and and Twister. So I, I try to gather information there, but I'm not on it often enough to get as much as I should. Um, maybe I can fix that now after the show's done as I am reading through finally the behind the scenes of making of Twister. Although it does read as much as a book about tornadoes as it is about Twister the movie. Can I just say that I came downstairs or upstairs early. I'm not sure where I started. And you were at the kitchen table and you were reading a book. How often does that happen? It, well, it I it gave me pause because I was like, "What's happening here?" Well, Joey doesn't read books. No, I get most of my information and, by and large, entertainment via podcasts and l- listening. I I'm I'd much rather hear it aud- audible, audibly, than me having to read text. But the behind the scenes and making of stuff is always very interesting and they don't have a twister making of twister audiobook as far as i know but this book is very 25 plus years ago they're t- in there talking about how the us population is expected to breach 300 million by 2050 spoiler i believe we're at 330 million and it's 2020 so uh projections were a little off mm-hmm. but that's uh, the interesting part of reading a book that's 25 plus years old. Uh, but it has been a fun read through and I'm going to get to a few things that I've covered. I'm o- only like a tenth of the way through the book. I'm nowhere close to being done with it. But it is a very interesting read. It, it's, uh, But we'll get into that. Why don't we listen and look at the credits here? And obviously we're not going to comment on everything that's happening. But I just want to play through the whole movie. So this will be minute 107 plus. So we're going to go 107 and beyond. This will go all the way through the traditional credits. I know... We haven't been posting any of the videos that we've recorded while doing this. We've only done the audio. So you're going to get to listen to the music. Kelly and I will talk about maybe some of the credits here at the beginning. And then as the rest of them play, unless something jumps out to us, a name or a uh, production uh, position that we want to talk about, we'll mostly be reminiscing about the show about Twister in general, maybe we'll get into some of our favorite stuff, you know, favorite character, favorite moment, favorite quote, things like that. Uh, as we wrap this up. Yeah, so you do that. I'm gonna play two dots. This will be a probably a little bit longer episode than normal, but it is it is the the last one. All right, Joey, you ready to read the credits? You're gonna read them like an astronaut during blast off. Okay, no, I'm not no, you can't you're, put me on the spot like that. You're this gonna is read not... them like a clown graduating <laughs> clown college. 
No. No, I'm not doing that. It's how so they do luck. it. I, I know that's how they do it, yes. All right, so we're starting off here, minute 147, the beginning of, um, with the credits, over the fields, uh, over the farms that had been destroyed, and it's uh, written by Michael Crichton and Anne Marie Martin. We talked about that last week when we got off on our tangent about favorite Michael Crichton Are you books. hit play? Yes. Okay. Here it comes. There. Are you happy? Well, I mean, it just took like a while for you to build up to it. We've been sitting here for like 10 minutes. Produced by Kathleen Kennedy. It's too loud. <laughs> you need me to turn it down for you? Yeah, we don't need to hear the music that loud. A film by Jan de Bont. How do you think they got the swirls in the landscape? Like I don't that? know. I was wondering the same thing. Do you think that's all digital in Helen the background? Hunt, Bill Paxton. Okay, uh, doesn't it look... It looks real it to looks me, doesn't real. it? I mean, considering most of the other computer-generated stuff looks not real in this, that does look pretty real, but... that Those shots of the destroyed farm area and then the twister path, honestly, it looks real to me. It looks absolutely like something they could have just pulled out. Now, I highly doubt that that coincided with them filming, that that was a real thing. So if that's all done digitally, that's very well done. Yeah, it's the only thing I would say is really well done. Well, from the time twenty six years ago, it all looked like they really had real, good. Real storm footage. They couldn't have used any of this real storm footage. <laughs> they have to have sunny days. Part of the, the the you know I'm only twenty pages in, twenty five pages in, or whatever into the book, and they talked about as we mentioned in the trivia how difficult it was to film the movie because you're filming in Tornado Alley, you're in Oklahoma and Iowa. And you're at the whims of nature. You need sometimes you need good weather to film scenes. Other times you're hoping for bad weather. And as we saw in the editing, they couldn't quite get the lighting down at all times because when they had to film, there wasn't the storm system they needed. It's also really difficult to film when it's storming. But I feel like you're yelling at me. I didn't make a movie, man. <laughs> you should have. Just like really, I, I pushed a button there. Since I really pushed a button. Um, but we're seeing. Uh, convection happening. They're showing us clouds, uh, the formation of supercells, uh, all of which the the book uh, Twister, the Science of Tornadoes and the Making of an Adventure movie uh, gets into in, in layman terms is for introductory uh, meteorology and basic earth science. It's all been very good. Uh, it's nice to listen to um, at the beginning of this, the Mark Mancina score which is excellent. We talked about that a few times throughout the podcast over the last two plus years. And obviously the music selections for the album are, are top notch. Do you think Dana Wozniak, one of the special effects people is related to the Apple guy? Steve? Yeah. I know Steve Jobs and Woz. Wozniak. Yeah. It's just why I can't even remember his first name because I just call him Woz. I want to say Paul. Paul? No, it's not Paul. (laughs) Are they both Steve's? That's what I was just thinking. Is it Steve? You got to look it up. You're the one on the phone. I'm playing two dots, man. Hold on. Honestly. Steve. It is Steve. It is. Okay. It it, it sounded right, but then I was like, no, it's Steve Jobs. Steve and Steve. Jobs and Waz. Jobs, Waz. Jobby Waz. So have you ever watched the credits to Twister? No, I don't. Because generally you just stop. Yeah. Because this was before... The credit scenes, you know, the stingers were a thing. Though I'm not really sure what you would do in Twister unless it was like a jokey thing with with uh, Dusty. But it, it's just cool nature landscapes, a lot of clouds blowing wheat and things like that. 
uh, as they're going through all the people that worked on the film. And it was, uh, there was a lot of people who had to work on the film just because of what they were dealing with. Uh, and they did a, they did a great Zig job. Zigron. Music editor, Zigron. Okay, I feel like if we were Mystery Science Theater robots, we would do something with that name. But we're not. Are you going to try anyways? It's like a baby caterpillar chasing his <laughs> Ooh, the communicator. Who's that? Oh, man. Patrick Fischler, the communicator. Oh, Bubba. That must be... It must be someone from uh, Jonas's crew? Alexa Vega, there you go. Uh, Penna Vega, yeah. We talked about we that. that. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yep. It's been a long time. This yeah, been... the farm girl, Annika DeBont. There you so, go. Uh, they did use a helicopter, so they have the pilot listed on there. Oh, industrial light and magic. Of course. Well, so actually, one of the things that I, I feel like I knew this fact, but until I read it in the book and she was quoted, I had forgotten that Kathleen Kennedy was a producer for this film. And Kathleen Kennedy is in charge of Lucasfilm now for, for Disney and has had her ups and downs with the production of the Star Wars stuff. But she's been a, a very influential and famous producer for many, many years. And uh, it's nice to see her name on Twister. And she's already been quoted in the behind-the-scenes making-of book that I'm reading. Anything else jumping out to you so far? Someone's last name was Ross. That's my maiden name. <laughs> yes, it was. Very uncommon name. Yes, totally, yeah. Not a lot of Rosses out no, there. No, not at all. Or like the negative cutter and last name of Jones. There's a rare one. Computer graphics by Band from the Ranch. You remember when we found Cushion Bill Paxton's Ball. band? That was the uh, early pandemic, early podcast uh, era. Mm -hmm. Oh, here you go. American Humane Association. No animals were harmed in the making of this movie. So those horses were okay. Well, so was Moe's. So was Moe's, yes. Don't want to forget him. All right, so Vortex is mentioned, and they've already played a huge role in the Twister book. Um, it's been interesting in reading the making of behind-the-scenes book to hear names of meteorologists and researchers that we heard about while getting our degree at Penn State, our meteorology degree. It's Eric Rasmussen um, and uh, Phil. Is it Phil? Now I'm forgetting. Of course, now I'm forgetting his name. You're supposed to help me out with this. I wasn't listening. Oh, you weren't listening to anything I said? No, I was thinking about the soundtrack. You think? Well, I mean, it is a good soundtrack. Well, they're listing all the songs right now. Do they still? Do oh that no, it's Josh. Katie Lang. Do they still? Worman. Josh Worman. Did they still? Came and talked to us. Did they still list all the names of soundtrack songs on credits anymore? Yeah, they just did that. I know, but oh. this movie was made in 1996. Oh. I'm asking if they. Yeah, they. I still think that's that. part of the like the requirements from. I never watched everything, credits, so I didn't know right. that it was like a 90s thing to no. do. We're, we're we're panning the black. We're zooming out. The sunset is gone. So this could be the end of Twister credits. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. so there's the Amblin Entertainment. Uh, Fun fact. That's E.T. E.T. is Amy's favorite. That's the next movie. podcast we're doing, right? It's Amy's favorite movie. You can do a podcast. Warner with Amy. Brothers. <laughs> do you know how long it would take us to do that in person you could just do like 12 episodes every time amy comes up to visit she's down <laughs> give her a gin and tonic she'd be down for whatever yeah so wh why don't we uh go through some of our favorites who is your favorite character in the movie this movie the 
movie twister that we've been talking about for two years. I just I needed to know if you were being specific or who's your favorite movie character in general. It's a very different question. Who's your favorite character from the movie Twister? Joe. Okay, Joe. Badass lady leading character. Okay. You will yeah. never know. B- Bill or Joe, I feel like, is the the choice that should be made um, more often than not. But I really love Dusty. I knew you were going to say uh, that. Dusty's hilarious to me. It's because you're a boy. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Dusty. Whatever, man. You're wrong, but okay. It's my personal preference. How can I be wrong? I, you managed to do it. I don't know. All right, then what is your favorite moment in the movie? The the whole scene at the drive-in. The drive-in theater scene? Mm-hmm. Just lacking a T-Rex. That's the only part that it needs. <coughs> it's a tough one. I don't remember asking. I'm going to give my my <laughs> choice, too, whether you want to know or not. This is for the listeners, not for you. For Amy. This is for Amy. My favorite scene is... Wait, let me guess. I was going to say, I don't want to pick the same thing, so I'm not going to pick the drive-in scene, but that scene is incredible. Go ahead. Give when me... Go ahead. When they're saving Meg from the house that's falling apart. No. No, I When wouldn't, they're I'm, eating beef in her kitchen and they're talking about... The extreme. I do really like that Is scene. Is it because there's beef on screen? Yeah, they're talking about gravy, which I have my <laughs> Aunt Meg's gravy shirt on today. So I, I do think, I feel like we get some character development there, or at least some exposition about the characters, Bill and Joe. And we also get the, the food aspect. Meeting Aunt Meg is great. And then the discussion about who Bill was before, you know, that Melissa didn't know they're filling her in. And then the talk about Joe's childhood, you know, they talk about, has anyone seen an F five? I I do. I do really like that scene. Um, Probably starting from the point where they're on the bridge after the dueling sisters, as soon as they crave food. If you go from that part uh, up until they leave, that's probably my, my favorite part of the movie. I got it on the second guess. What's your what's your favorite quote? I mean, there's a lot of them. Debris. I feel like it just has a lot of use in my day to day life. I feel like I say that in my head fairly regularly. Yeah, I mean the the cow one is the famous one. Like everyone talks about that. Everyone references that one. Uh, we have a lot of the uh, really good ones in. Uh, the opening audio, which thanks again to Laura for recording that for us uh, over two years ago. We used it the entire length of the show. She doesn't listen to this. Okay, I'm still going to put it out there okay. just so she knows. So if she ever putting, stumbles upon it, some thankful vibes listen to 107 universe. minutes of the podcast and she can hear us, hear us thank her then. I'm sure we thanked her at the beginning. We did. I just wanted to put it out there now at the end. She gets one thank you. No. I like. Just um, kidding, Laura. I love you. You know, that's no moon. It's a space station. Pulling that out of Star Wars is always fun. But I honestly, I think my favorite is just contemplative Bill looking at the sky, dropping sand, and Dusty walking out to him. And they do the the uh, going green, greenage. I think I, I really like that. And I remember, and just a few days ago, this popped up in my, my memories two years ago when Pennsylvania moved or Berks County moved into green during the beginning of the pandemic with the COVID rankings. <laughs> and we were allowed to like basically go and do some things again. I immediately sent that to you. Mm-hmm. Going green. Going green. Greenage. So that would be my favorite. 
Um, let's see. What else to cover? What's your favorite song? Um, Humans being, I feel like, mm. is, is the obvious choice, and that's one I have to go with here. Mm. What about you? I like the song Moments Like This that's playing in the background um, okay. whenever they're like signing the divorce papers, not signing the divorce papers at the drive-in. Allison Cross and the Union Street Band, I believe. If we're not talking like song and just going all music, I would go with the main score, the main theme, the the upbeat music. Just reminds me of this the movie. Yeah, yeah, that we have at the intro, uh, at the end of the Lars introduction that plays us in each week. If you could be, you know, they have like multiple vehicles Mm -hmm. and like different people. Like, which one would you want to be in? (sighs) A which vehicle? Yeah. Yeah, I would want to. You would think Barn Burner because I love Dusty so much, but I feel like it probably smells really bad. Mm, it smells like uh, a Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was thinking weed or uh, beer or everything. Beef jerky. Sweat. I feel like it smells like yeah, beef jerky. Yeah, I feel like it's, there. there's a lot of smells going like on. Beef jerky and socks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's certainly not the station wagon. Like, that's no, that not, seems that's boring. not my jam. I, it, one of the lead trucks, you know, either Joe's original yellow, Bill's red one would be cool, but. I think I'd go probably – I'll go with Rabbit. I'd go with Rabbit. I think I would That's go Rabbit, was, yeah. Not just because Rabbit seems like a cool guy, but I like maps. Right. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. The, the maps, the navigation aspect, I probably would go that. I, I would like to include the van with the portrait, the painting on the side. But again, I feel like that – bitching. It, it's bitching, but – it it has too much of like the stereotypical shag and wagon feel. Mm. Like they slide open the door and there's like a disco ball and a shag carpet in the back. Yeah, which I, I know people, is not true because we saw it open. I know, but, but I feel I feel like people. How many could, could have <coughs> actually shagged that much in cars like that? Like, do people willingly get in there and take their clothes off? Uh, I mean, I never have. I, if that's I mean, what, if that's what you're trying to get. I'm at. just saying it, it has a stereotype of like, isn't it accurate? I feel like it's from many years ago now, and standards the, were lower. The, the youths nowadays would have no idea what we're talking <laughs> the about. Youths. But you're probably right. Yeah, I like it. How I mean, about not, not the jagged wagon? And I know we've talked about this many times before. Would you like to see if they're going to make some form of new Twister movie? Would you rather it be? A reboot where they tell a similar type story with all new characters and actors? Or would you like it to be like a legacy sequel where it's a follow-up and they get some of this cast back? Neither. No, I don't, you, you I don't have, want this. You have to pick. No, I don't no, want I'm either. making you. I want them to be done. <coughs> I, I feel like too often they attempt to reboot or sequel something and then they just mess it up. Well, Joe herself, Helen Hunt, wants to do something. You know, great. I sent you that... um. Concept trailer the other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did. We never talked about that, did we? I don't remember when it happened. So, uh, you sent it to me about a week, 10 days ago. Was it? Uh, I don't know that we ever brought it up on the show, but yeah, there's a concept trailer out there using a whole bunch of disaster movies and Helen Hunt movies that are mashed together to form a trailer for essentially Twister 2. Uh, and, and it's fun and entertaining, but I guess. It would not be what I want the second movie to be I don't, about. The, it it got a little too Night of the Twisters for me in the middle, where there was at one point in this trailer, and it, uh, to be clear, it is just a concept trailer. There is no actual trailer for 
a Twister reboot out there, but someone put this together. Yeah, a few years ago they posted it. They There was a scene where there was at one point like 14 tornadoes like shooting down from the clouds. I don't – I if it, if they're going to do it, I need it to be scientifically Grounded in realism. realistic. But I liked, I guess, the storyline of it being Joe's daughter as the main focus. And like Joe's still there, but it's her, – her child's like 20 and, you know. So it's not a reboot. It's not the same – retelling of the same story it's a continuation of the story but um and i feel like what they do nowadays in these disaster films that they make unrealistic it's not just unrealistic it's we've got science averse no we've gotten so good at making some things look really real with cgi but they still haven't really figured out how to do that with Weather. Weather. And and clouds and Yeah. It just never yeah. looks quite right to me. Tyrannosaurus Rex on the screen. It looks phenomenal. Feel like I could reach out and touch it. But like a tornado, not so much, or like a tsunami. I feel like the water in Moana looks more real to me than like a tidal wave in a disaster movie looks. Mm. So Yeah, I could I could see that. Um, what does, uh, this will be the last, like, quiz or introspective question about what does, why is the movie Twister important to you? What do you think it, it means to you? I know we probably covered this way back in minute one over two years ago, but why is Twister special to you? I think it's the movie that got me interested in weather in general, um, I was excited to be a storm chaser because of this movie uh, as a kid. And it's in that way shaped my life because I went to school for meteorology. And while I was there, I decided not to pursue the severe weather aspect of it. But I can't say that I, if I had never, if I had never seen the movie that I would have chosen that educational path. Probably would be making more money now if I had (laughs) chosen something different, but it is what it is. Be that as it may. Uh, (laughs) Mine is, uh, pretty much identical to yours it was very influential as a as a young child you know this movie came out when you and i are about 12 and just starting to consider maybe like what was the future going to be like as we were we were growing up and i was always interested in 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 weather and when this movie came when i saw the previews for this movie i was like i have got to see that movie and i've told you a couple times that my dad took me uh in the middle of the week unprompted late at night um, which is something I'll always remember uh, him taking me to see it and I just remember waiting for it to come out on VHS and then, and then DVD and just wanting to have it so I could rewatch it over and over and over again and you already kind of touched on this a little bit more so of the CGI about disaster movies but the disaster movies that have come out since then and I know the science isn't perfect in Twister but it's a much more realistic take than everything that's come out since that I can recall. And I'm sure there'll be someone that'll be like, well, this was pretty good. But even ones that I enjoyed, like I enjoyed all the ridiculous ones like Geostorm, even the day after tomorrow, which like was supposed to be something akin to Twister, but they come up with events, weather events that are scientifically impossible. Is it an entertaining watch? Absolutely. But I, st- I would prefer it to be grounded in science as something that we could actually see happen or that happens all the time right now. And that's what you got in Twister. You had something that this is, by and large, 
happening out there right now was true 25 years ago is true now will be true 25 years from now tornado outbreak in the central united states the united states is the tornado capital of earth E-Earth. It's pronounced E-Earth. And I feel like it was important to to not only portray realistic weather, but also realistic scientists and researchers out there. At no point did I feel like they leaned too hard into tropes. You know, they weren't these ridiculous loner nerds that no one liked. Were they quirky? Sure. But they were fun. They were smart and intelligent. It, It just feels as though... They, they took a bunch of these people out of a research facility and shot a movie. I don't know. Do you, do you think that's the case? I agree. I think most movies nowadays that are weather movies or natural disaster movies are apocalyptic end of the world. Right. And this is not that. This is any – this could be any Tuesday evening in June and it didn't – It's somewhere in Tornado Alley bad for someone and it might feel like the end of the world for someone right but it is not this is climate change or this is it's not a global killer like an armageddon right and as much as i love a good apocalyptic sure. end of the world movie this is not that and i think it is unique because of that you don't really we don't really have a lot no movies like this most disaster movies are for lack of a better term, the biblical kind that they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, in revelations about the end of the world. You don't get these confined, focused, precise store precise stories. And that's what we got out of Twister. And I think there's room for that because sure, while some of these epic blockbusters focusing on giant asteroids or meteor events or superstorms, be that whatever it may be. I feel like there is an opportunity to tell another tornado-based story, still based on scientific fact, but allow there to be a Hollywood take on it. And I feel that there's a lot of qualified actors out there that could step into that role. And I think they could do either a reboot or a sequel to this, and it would be successful. I, I think there's a lot of people that enjoy, and enjoy now, Twister, that would be up to seeing something in that same vein. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would love to see a movie like this that didn't have a romantic element to it. But maybe that's just the scientist in me saying, like, if I could get rid of anything in Twister, it would be the love story part of it. So. Um, but there are... There are real people who are trying to do exactly what they do in this film, improve warning systems, and save lives. Um, This isn't a a film where they had to get the president on the line and put together some sort of task force that's from some super secret military program that no one knew about. It never became someone else's problem. Like right. this was always about the research and the science. Like kind of like Bill says about Jonah, he's like he's in it for the money, not the science. Like that's that's the extent of it going outside of the weather, the science itself. Mm-hmm. Other than maybe there was some greediness involved, it never was anything that any government agency outside the NSSL was involved, and that was just to help the plot and the story. Yeah, you dropped your book. I did drop my book. All right, 
So as we finish up here, there was just a few things. Yeah, I mentioned already that I'm just 28 pages into the book, but they've focused heavily on Vortex run by um, Rasmussen and Worman uh, back in the right, right within the few years leading up to the making of Twister in 94 and 95. And at the beginning of the book, they point out a few things that I just thought were fun trivia and tidbits, not necessarily about the movie Twister, but just about tornadoes in general. And a few of them we we have mentioned, one of them recently. Um, but first, this one was interesting because I don't know if I've ever heard this story. Maybe you have. Her, history's first, quote, tornado chaser was Benjamin Franklin, who pursued a small whirlwind on his horse, snapping his whip at the storm. This, this just sounds like a, your typical Benjamin Franklin story. I don't know why I pictured him riding side saddle in that story. Side saddle? Yeah. For a moment, I pictured a miniature horse. Daintily. Oh, side saddle on Lil Sebastian. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We should have. We should commission a drawing of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th- this is the one that we just brought up a few episodes back. Scientists have speculated about, quote, killing tornadoes by launching monstrous balloons into the funnels by dropping chemicals and metal wires into thunderclouds in hopes of, quote, short-circuiting the storms and by building protective barriers around cities. Who is trying to do that? Just chaos from the sky introduction to this book. All of those are terrible ideas. (laughs) I'm not saying they were good ideas. I'm just saying we mentioned this a few episodes ago. How can we stop this? Let's throw some chemicals at it. That'll, That'll fix it and won't have any negative repercussions whatsoever. A tornado almost changed the history of rock music. One narrowly missed young Elvis Presley's home in Tupelo, Mississippi in 1936 and went on to kill more than 200 people and injure 700. And then the last one was this is just a good PSA for everyone because the, the, these myths were out there for a long time. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that would still repeat them. Dangerous myths about tornadoes. Again, these are not what you should do. You should open windows as a twister approaches. Hills and valleys will protect you against the tornado. And this was a new one. I don't know if I ever heard this. Your TV will glow ominously as one approaches, giving you ample warning. Now, I know I've heard like... And we see it in Twister, static, you know, when the when the, the lines are snapped. Mm-hmm. But I never heard about a TV glowing. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what that is. That's more like it'll glow when that ghost from your attic comes down to say hi, not so much the tornado. <laughs> sure. So um, the only other thing so far, and again, I should have been reading this book as we were doing the podcast. And let me see if I can can pull it up here. It was about the, the person. So, you know, on um, – and that's why we drink. Uh, the one host is a or was, and maybe she left since I've been listening. A uh, prop maker. The, yeah, they are not at that they're job. Not, any- they're not at that job anymore. No, okay. they are full time. So I'm podcaster. very, I'm very far behind. Oh, that makes sense. But I um, should have known that. They still talk about um, that when they used to work there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so one of one of the things mentioned in this book, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull the person's name out. Uh, but anyways, his nickname was. Now, was it furry or fuzzy? I, of course, can't remember either. But anyways, the the nickname for the guy creating the sensors. Mm -hmm. Inside of them, you can read, if you have a prop up close, fuzztronics. He put inside each one because they called him, I think, Fuzzy Uh, was his nickname. And inside each module. That was just one of the behind the scenes things that I thought would be fun to mention on the podcast. And I'm now, of course, I didn't write down the note, thought I could find it in the book and I'm unable to do that. Uh, but they already have mentioned the hailstorm um, 
how they put milk in the ice that we talked about a few times. Um, so fun book. I'm going to keep reading it. Hopefully I'll learn some more. Do you think Jan DeBont has ever said, <coughs> I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Not once. Not, even, not even a chance. I bet he said it. I bet he saw that movie and then was like, I feel like in his bathroom mirror said it. Just from watching some of the behind the scenes stuff and reading about him, I feel like he's a no nonsense, very you low humor to, guy. Probably have to be. He's from Holland, though, right? I think so. I don't know for sure. I just figured. I, I thought you you sounded very knowledgeable about the subject. So I, I you taught me how to say his name. <laughs> Should we not know this already? We're two years into this. Well, but we also covered a lot of that stuff Yonda. at the beginning. Jan de Bont. Are you going to look up his entire heritage? I just want to know. I can't even spell it. You can't spell Jan? The Netherlands. Okay. Is that near Holland? I don't know where Holland is. We need to stop talking about this because we're embarrassing ourselves. We need to move on. I mean, you're only saying that because you don't know the answer. So. I don't know the answer to any of these questions. Holland is a geographical region and former province on the western coast of the Netherlands. Okay. <sighs> Telling me I need to stop talking about something. I you know. looked it up. I was right. Okay. I, that was one of those things where I think I know the answer, but I also could be very wrong and sound ridiculous. Born, Born in, in Holland. and I, Oh, I already read that part, too. See, did not retain that information. When you were looking at the book earlier, yes, were you reading the words? I was. But right now I'm trying to find... Were uh, you looking at the words or were you reading the words? There's a difference. You're just yeah. nodding. I'm now. just oh sorry, and it wasn't fuzzy. It was fluffy. It's flufftronics. I found it. Okay, if you're not gonna say the right thing, I told you I wasn't sure. The sensors were made by a physical effects worker whose nickname is Fluffy because he looks like a marshmallow. Fraser explains. Is it Fraser holds up the translucent sphere and points to the name of an imaginary company neatly printed inside the sphere. Flufftronics. I kind of like Fuzztronics better. Well, well, that can be our, the name of our. Model sensors. We can put Fuzztronics inside. I'm not. I'm not going to make those. So, right. do you have anything else to say about uh, about the movie? I have any a, anything have else to bring out? Question: Since you sent me a TikTok earlier, okay. Is there such thing as a perfect movie franchise? No, the, I, I don't believe there what is. What is it? The Nerd Couple? Is that what they're called? The, yeah, the Nerd Couple. I found them on TikTok while scrolling through the ones that you had sent me. That's what popped up in my for you page. And I thought at first you, I thought you had sent that to me because it's one of those, like I clicked on it that loaded until the one you actually sent me loaded. But Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I want to hear what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And they went through, you know, the usual suspects. The only one they landed on in the TikTok. uh, He landed. He landed. Did you watch the whole thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, He thought back to the future was, I can't be a good judge of that because while I've seen all three of them, it's been so long since I've seen the sequels, especially the third one, all the way through in one sitting, that I don't know that I can comment on it. I really enjoy the first one, but it's not up there in the same pantheon as Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Lord of the Rings, uh, Harry Potter, Indiana Jones. Are any of those perfect franchises? No, I, I don't think they are. I think all of them have 
have issues through and through. I, yeah, I, I don't think any of them are, are perfect. Yeah, I'm disappointed because I think that there are franchises out there that would be perfect if they had just left well enough alone. Like, I feel like most trilogies people, that were just fine, and then decades later they decided to mess with it. Right. I feel like the original Star Wars trilogy, most people would say, is it's pretty, pretty perfect. perfect. The original three Lord of the Rings, I would say, right. is pretty perfect. Because there are issues and with The Hobbit. Yeah, not that I didn't like The Hobbit, but. Like, couldn't you have just not? They made some changes that they didn't need to. It was also very long when it probably didn't need to be that long. No, but like the original three, was right? That perfect. very close to it. There are not many movies that I will watch and then immediately rewatch with director's commentary. Yeah, we on. have done that a few times. Um, that is very enjoyable for anybody who likes Lord of the Rings. Watching it with the cast commentary on is highly entertaining. I feel like. The main Harry Potter story is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good there. I don't know that I would call it perfect, but I think for having eight movies, I think they did a pretty good job of it. I think they did pretty good. My only complaint, and this is assuming that Fantastic Beasts movies are, don't, aren't counted. In well, that's what I said, the original part the of original, the Harry Potter universe. They didn't have enough money Right. With the beginning The special ones. effects. So the special effects at the beginning. And the whole movies felt, the, the first two at least, felt very childlike. But, 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 it the the books keeps also in theme felt that way. It, it's supposed to. He's 11. He's, right. it's supposed to be less dark. But the movies also almost gave it this, like, um, I don't, I don't know the word that I want to use. Um too childlike i mean they they took there wasn't enough weight established yeah it wasn't as serious as it needed to be yeah it didn't have that gravitas to it it didn't have the um some of the special effects were almost like laughable yeah and and i do think that's i'm sure budget Oh yeah, at the I beginning mean, they didn't realize how big when they it was first, be. When they made that first movie, she wasn't even done write, writing the series, right. so they had no idea necessarily what a phenomenon it would turn into. So you know, they people who did invest in the making of that movie weren't necessarily going to put out buckets of, of cash. Yeah. And I feel like one but, that we glossed over, and probably because it it's a quick no, is the Jurassic franchise. You know I love because the first Park. one. If, if you want to say name are... a perfect movie, the original Jurassic Park would probably be on that list for me. Oh yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, I would probably Jurassic Park, Empire Strikes Back. Um, to me, the original Ghostbusters and probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I, I feel like Lost those. Ark. Not. I know you like Last Crusade. Uh, I, I really love Raiders of the Lost Ark. I that's, face melts off, man. How can I, you know? I know it's perfect. It's so good. No, in Crusade. Oh, in Crusade. Yeah, when he goes into the tomb and they. Just oh well, no, no! I'm talking about the guy whose face melts when they open the ark. Yeah, Joe. That that is not a perfect movie. Yeah, that's perfect. That's awesome, Joe. I can't believe I have to say this to you. Because you've no, heard it. No, 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 no. You've I no, I know what you're about to say. I don't all of it would have happened if Indiana Jones, Indiana didn't, Jones wasn't made involved. No at all. difference. Big Bang told Trust us. Me, that. I've watched and rewatched Big Bang Theory many, many times. And that one still frustrates me because it's 
painfully so true, true. It's not a but I movie. still choose to ignore it. <laughs> I still choose to ignore it. No. And Jurassic Park is is a great movie. Lost World is pretty great too. I enjoy then, Lost World. Then the, and they should have stopped there. See, I don't mind three as much as you do. No, three is absolutely awful. I just I enjoyed the first. I enjoyed of the, the reboot. The, the, for the, the Jurassic yeah, World. the soft reboot, whatever you want to call legacy sequel. Um, Fallen Kingdom. I didn't like Fallen Kingdom. Not though. as much. I haven't seen. We haven't seen Dominion. Uh, Dominion. So I I can't have an opinion on that, but um. Certainly Jurassic Park and the Lost World. And I maintain that is because there were books written right. first. We got Michael they Crichton had guidelines. source material written by an amazing writer. And then they they just ran with it on their own and, and should have left well enough alone. But yeah. and I like what they did. If you read the books, if you ever would I have them if anybody wants to borrow them. My copies are quite beat up, but you're welcome <laughs> to them. Um they switched the the beginnings. Yeah, they did. The beginning um, of Lost World happened at the beginning of Jurassic Park. Yep, and vice the person. island with the uh, the the, the tourists, the traveling uh, rich family, and the girl on the island. Yeah, right. That's the beginning of the book, but it's, it's well. There's the beginning a, of the Lost a lot World of movie. changes. Well, Hammond dies. Oh yeah, there's a lot of differences, but there's I'm just a saying juvenile T Rex in Jurassic Park, not Lost World. Right. I'm just saying it's it's fascinating that they. When they were making Lost World, they went back to the Jurassic Park book and was like, you know what? This would make a pretty good scene. It, it didn't make it into the first movie, but we have an opportunity and here to use it. They essentially pulled out the boat scene in Jurassic Park and made a ride out of it. It's not in either of the movies. There's no well, I guess there's a quasi river scene in Jurassic uh, Park three, uh, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> When the Do you know are the biggest them? problem with Jurassic Park three Stupid. is that they had the Spinosaurus be the big bad and not the T Rex? That always bothered me. What if they remade the Jurassic Park films, but made the dinosaurs look like what we now probably think dinosaurs look like, like big chicken? Right? <laughs> it, it, it it does lose some of it. I know. It it, I know a lot of people are like Jurassic Park's not even accurate anymore. I was like, but they're contemporary. It's made on what the information they had at the time. Yes. The evolution of our knowledge about dinosaurs has changed a lot in the last but guess, nearly 30 years. Guess what we're still doing? Um, we're still researching and learning? Well, yeah, but we're still making T-shirts with lizard-looking dinosaurs no, on them and toys with lizards. Yeah, like, well, they sort we of – haven't changed. They tried to give – from the promotion of Dominion, they tried to insert some of that flavor in there now – but you can't change the existing look of the T-Rex and the Velociraptors. But I'm not even I'm not even talking about Jurassic Park or Jurassic World themed images. I'm just saying like if you go to Old Navy and try to oh, buy yeah. a, like a Everything dinosaur print is pajamas, traditional stegosaurus. Right, and, they look like lizards. Yeah. No. Um anyway, my my last question to you. Okay. Is what including Twister if you'd like. Okay. Your favorite disaster films. Not favorite films, but disaster films. In order or just uh, what are they? It's too hard to put them in order. Well, Twister is – do you consider Jurassic Park a disaster film? No. Okay. Twister is my number one. Number two is Armageddon. Mm-hmm. That is definitely number two. Volcano is three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy that one. I, I know that one is a tad ridiculous. Yeah, I like but it, But it's still though. very fun. It's still very enjoyable. So th- those are my top three. After that, I never liked Deep Impact as much as Armageddon. It was like the poor man's Armageddon. Yeah, to, to me it was. 
I I very much but enjoyed it has Elijah Wood in it. It does. I did very much enjoy the day after tomorrow, despite the unrealistic science that I still don't is think the main that I've plot seen device it from start to finish all at once. I'm pretty sure I've seen it all, but at different times. Okay, uh, I still very much enjoy it, uh, despite the flawed science behind it. Who's the teenage boy in that one? Isn't it Jake Gyllenhaal? Is it okay? Yeah, I get him and Tobey Maguire confused. I'm pretty sure it's Jake Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, did, am I missing? A, am I missing a big one? Like there are more recent ones that we saw, like Geostorm. Yeah, I don't know that um, I would. We never put saw those San in the Andreas same, in the ball, same. I saw San Andreas. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I never saw that. It was pretty laughable. I'm trying to think of what, and I don't even count like the ridiculous ones that airs on Siffy, um, <laughs> or or tra- channels like that, like you know Sharknado and and things like that, because they're just absurd. But no, I, I think that's a do, pretty... well. Do you count like Independence Day as a disaster film? No, that's that's sci-fi. sci-fi. I mean, they're all sci-fi, but like, there's a difference between a disaster film based somewhat in real science and aliens, aliens and coming di- or bringing dinosaurs back, right? Like that, it just crosses that line a little bit into too, more science far, yeah. fiction or fantasy than based in reality. <laughs> it's like doesn't mean I don't love them because I do. The, the most ridiculous, it's true science fiction <laughs> versus. False science fiction or fiction science fiction. Right. This is non-fiction science fiction, and this is fiction science fiction. Right. Yeah. I don't. Is I there, you, did I miss any? Did you say Dante's Peak? Oh, I didn't. I, I always prefer Volcano over Dante's Peak, but of I would probably put that one of the ones I've mentioned probably fifth. I probably put it behind Day After Tomorrow. I think I would put that one fourth. Um. And then Dante's Peak fifth with a few of the other ones I mentioned later. But my top three are definitely uh, Twister, Armageddon, and Volcano. Those three I watched and rewatched so many times uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. Those are good ones. They, um, at least your top two, they have great soundtracks. Twister and Armageddon oh, are two phenomenal. Great. Soundtracks. I don't know. Does Volcano have a soundtrack? I never paid attention, but honestly, I haven't seen it in so long. It has long. been a long time since I've seen it. I love that movie, but like, it's not on Netflix, Hulu, Prime. Like, I don't know how to watch it right now. We'll have to find. I mean, I have it on DVD, but there's got to be a digital way to stream it. I uh, wouldn't even know how to play a DVD right I, now. You have so many things hooked up to the Put it in DVD. the Xbox. Is it the Xbox? Yeah. I don't, which Xbox, though? There's like No, there's only one Xbox up there. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. So, What's the other thing? There's the Wii and the okay. Comcast box. Okay. I would need help <laughs> to watch a DVD right now. Okay. I will teach you. Okay. I don't want to It's like know. talking to our parents. I don't want to know, though. So the last thing, re- volcano-related, so. not Twister-related, but we're, we're on this. We're, 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 we've dived in. We're, Doved we're, in. Dove. Div, dove, dove. Dived. I'm not sure what jumped. you're trying to say. So. We've jumped in. We're, we're in this conversation i said at the next uh pop culture convention out in pittsburgh at steel city con there's like a mini volcano reunion i'm sure it wasn't intended that way that's the way i see it and it's uh with the actor who jumps into the lava outside of the train uh which is um also drew carey's Carey's brother brother in the drew carey Carey show show. and ann hesh Mm-hmm. are both going to be at Seal City Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure not there for Volcano, but I thought if if we were going to be around and I was going to that, I wouldn't mind getting them to sign a, a Volcano poster just because of how much that movie uh, meant to me growing up. I just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. 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 Nope, that's a great movie. 
I always thought it was funny that they used, um, like, do you think it would work? I don't think it would work to use the concrete, the road dividers as like. Yeah, I don't know. Conduit. I mean, at, at some point, cement will melt. Right. I don't know the melting point of cement. Right. Though. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I understand what they were trying to do. I just don't know if it would be feasible. I also I, don't know how much force is being exerted. Like, like you see them move a little and I know they put trucks up against it. Right. That's like the whole thing whole point of it well but... i know for sure the asphalt underneath the lava should be melting right because that's doesn't need that much heat for that to no get yeah all of that would be completely destroyed I, i'm curious but would that actually the well they, i guess it. it doesn't it doesn't shut down the volcano it just diverts right right they're just trying to send it to the ocean right well it's where they get eventually but the the first part where they stop the first oh, part they're trying to save that neighborhood the, the na- well yes where, where it first emerges um so so many sad moments in that movie. <laughs> That's what we're, we're talking about that that first flow, and then they have to they have to do it again by blowing up the building. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're trying to send it to and the little to boys the, to the wandering ocean. around yeah. somehow for some reason. Tommy Lee Jones to the rescue. Mm-hmm. It's great. I uh, love that movie. Don't just because Pierce Brosnan. No, they do, Linda but they Hamilton. also have that really. They both have very similar scenes where someone jumps in something that's going to kill them. Pretty gruesomely yeah where the grandmother goes into the i know that the, they're the acid lake they, right they came out at similar times and they're both about volcanoes but those are two totally different stories in yeah. my head whereas deep impact felt like let's cash in on armageddon success well, there, by there's making a, another crime movie, which what maybe that wasn't even their intent but that's what it always felt like to no me. there there's an, an entire thing in hollywood that that on purpose there's it's scripts get bought by studios and like can be sold to multiple studios and then they'll reward it, it's a weird thing but yeah the armageddon deep impact volcano dante's peak and there's usually there's a couple more examples and there's an entire of course blog write-up about why that happens in hollywood mm-hmm. but they're all enjoyable but usually everyone always has a favorite oh one of them was it was like finding nemo and fishtail oh and, yeah for and, sure um <laughs> There's another one about bees, right? There's like a bee movie and then there's another. I Maybe. I never saw the bee movies. I, I know I, what they but, are. No, there was Seinfeld like – or maybe it was me. Bugs Life and Bee Movie or so, – there's like – oh, no, Ants. It was Bugs oh. Life and Ants. They, they came out at the same time. So, yeah, there's this whole Hollywood phenomenon about like similar scripts being peddled and then being made and released within a few months or a year of one another. And – it just so happens that a few of them are part of our favorites of all time that we constantly talk about them. Yeah. There's a couple, couple more here that they listed, um, as far as disaster movies. Um, some of these I, I found very hard to watch. Um, (coughs) did you ever see the impossible? No, I don't know what that is. It's Ewan McGregor. Um, but it's, it's about a couple, <clears throat> Do you remember the um the tsunami that hit the oh the um islands is this in the Indian Ocean about like the supermodel that has to hold on while her fiance like was washed away is that this is this is about a fictional couple I th- I think they're a fictional couple that it's this couple and their their two boys I think that Ooh. are vacationing in like one of the areas okay. in the Indian Ocean the Indonesia area that was 
heavily hit and you know it's them trying to get back to each other and some making it and some not but that one was hard to watch because it was very recent and based on an actual event and yeah that's that's tough it felt a little hard i also don't ever include in those true disaster movies like Like, titanic right like i wouldn't consider titanic a disaster movie it's that's a historical movie what about the perfect storm have you seen that movie? See, I, I have not seen the movie. I've read the book. So I did. I saw it a long, like when it came out, which uh-huh. is probably over twenty years ago now. Uh-huh. And I know that that is based on a book. It was a great book, which is based on a true story. Right? Yeah, that one's tough. That one's tough because, in terms of Titanic, and I'm thinking, you know, like World Trade Center based September 11th movies, thing, things like that. They take on uh, a uh, they they hold a bigger chunk of focus and memory to people. Whereas the Perfect Storm, I think, if someone watched that movie, they'd be like, "That was a great story." They wouldn't even realize that it was based on truth, unless, of course, it says that at the beginning or the end that mm-hmm. this is based on the lives of these people, these fishermen. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. I could go either way on it because it is based on a on a true story, mm-hmm. a, a historical event. Yeah, I don't know. But like things like Poseidon or the Poseidon Adventure, uh, I haven't seen either of those. Mm-hmm. I know the Poseidon Adventure, the original one, is is highly regarded. I don't mm-hmm. think the remake was. But Did you ever see Towering Inferno? No. That's a great one, too. You know, earthquake hits in California and there's a fire in a building. Is that, the based, is that based on one of the California earthquakes or is it just fictional? I think it's fictional. But it's not like based on the San Francisco earthquake in like the early 1900s. I've only seen it once. It's been a while. So I I don't want to for sure answer that. But my, my um, feeling is that it's, it's fictional, but lots of good choices out there. Lots of different kind of, there's the adventure. That's just a good old fun scientific story. Then there's the ones that are a little more people based. Yeah. We Um, didn't even get into any like, pandemic type of disaster movies yeah yeah um yeah and then you have ones like apollo 13 which again i consider that more historical than i do disaster but still up there in my top three favorite for sure one of the best movies ever made um it's it's one of the few movies that i will literally watch when it is on tv even though we've seen it a hundred times. Even if it's 11.30 at night and I have to go to bed. If it's on, I will watch it because it's that good. Yep. I completely agree. Completely agree. So we've digressed a lot and we've made it's this okay. on an hour. We, we've talked an hour on this last episode, which is easily the longest we've ever done. Um, thank you for sticking around. If you are still out there listening and you made it all the way through. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate all of you that, that are listening. I don't want to start pulling out other names because I don't want to forget someone because we've had many reach out um, with discussion and answering questions we've posited. Uh, We appreciate all of you. We thank all of you. I hope you enjoyed this journey over the last two years as we listen to and watch Twister minute by minute. Hope you enjoyed the credits that we talked about at the beginning and the final moments of the soundtrack. And if you have any information on Twister that we may have missed, or if you have any cool memorabilia memorabilia or collectibles you found, 
Uh, don't be afraid to uh, to post and tag us, uh, Solid F2 Pod, Twister, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and the email address for us is in the show notes all the time. Uh, you can certainly reach out. And like I said, this show... I won't know, but Joey will. I will, but I will let her know. She will tell I me. will show it to her. This show isn't going to be completely inactive. I still hope to interview the hosts of Yes Have Some podcasts about their Twister love and expectations for the future and their hopes and dreams of a musical and toy line. And like I said, if there's sequel reboot news, Kelly and I will get together and talk about it and maybe we'll document it as it goes. It'll be, you know, it'll be short episodes like we did before. Kelly and I will get together and talk about it. Like we don't live together and <laughs> you make it sound like we have to Our, make an appointment My to people meet up will and, talk to her people yeah. and we'll make sure so that we Haley get it done. Talk to right. Natalie. Haley will talk to Natalie. So schedule it. Yeah. Do so, you have any um, closing thoughts? No, I'm Anything a little worried. I don't have time to get a snack now. Oh, we have plenty of time. You don't have to worry about it. I got you covered. You have a special Have snack. I ever let you down when it comes to food? Do you have a special snack for me? I always do. You have a special snack for me? I'm hoping I do right now. Yeah, because you're... I'm putting myself up on a pedestal and, and I don't know seems... that I can meet it. But I will try. So We're out of ice cream, so... Okay. Strike one. Strike one. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks, everyone. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully we will have... Uh, some bonus content for you over the next few months. But until then, we hope you enjoyed listening to Twister with us and everything about the Solid F2 podcast. For Kelly, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to the Solid F2 podcast, a minute-by-minute breakdown of the movie Twister. That's all for this week. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SolidF2Pod. Solid F2 Podcast is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. Visit jmnjrradio.com for more. Two.